All right, well today we're continuing our series, Rhythms for Life, and I love how Ed, in his snapshot, uh, really teed up to, uh, to, to today's message for me. Uh, Ed, first of all, thank you for sharing your current snapshot. I love the beard joke. But I also love how you were sharing how some of these spiritual practices have been beneficial to you in the midst of this time. You can't help see them being beneficial not only for yourself, but for, for us as we all try our best to implement them now and going forward out of shelter in place. And really, that's the hope as we explore spiritual practices that can transform our lives. We kicked off the series a few weeks ago looking at the uh, inward, upward spiritual practices, spiritual practices like prayer and solitude, uh, uh, gratitude, resting. Uh, Last week, we shifted gears looking at outward spiritual practices, specifically the spiritual practice of fellowship. Today, we're going to continue that looking at the spiritual practice of serving. And what we're going to see in our text today, really in any text about Jesus, is that serving really is a spiritual practice. It's a discipline, something we have to choose and be intentional about. It's something wonderful and comes with a great blessing, but it's also a challenge. In fact, I imagine in the midst of shelter in place that in in some ways serving others is especially challenging. So we're going to consider ways in which it can be an obstacle, that there are obstacles getting in our way to serving others and how we can live from the blessing that Jesus promises here in this text. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John chapter 13. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5 and 12 through 17. Not not all of the story here just because of limited time, but we're going to be looking at what we can. So John chapter 13 starting in verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus here shows us a heart to serve. And it's really mind-boggling what he does here for his disciples in a number of ways. First, consider when he served them. Look again at verse 1. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And so he got up and washed his disciples' feet. I mean, think about that. Jesus knew that his time with them, time here on earth, was very limited, very short, that in a few hours' time, he would be arrested, tortured, and crucified. And what did he do with that precious little time? He got down on his hands and knees and he washed his disciples' feet. I mean, I just think about if I knew I only had a couple hours to live, what would my mindset be? I'm not sure it would be one of like, hey, you know, let me serve you guys over here. 
Jesus is showing us here that it's a privilege to serve. It's an honor and blessing to serve. That serving is not something oh, we have to do, but serving is something we get to do. And then consider how Jesus served. Of course, he washed their feet. And remember, this is long before the advent of modern-day sneakers and socks and paved roads and showers. I mean, their feet must have stank something nasty. In fact, in some municipalities back then, it was law that you could not force your servants to wash your feet. It was considered so low and so gross. And yet Jesus got down just as low, even lower still than a servant to wash his disciples' feet. And it wasn't his disciples washing his feet. He was washing theirs. In Luke 22, Jesus says, I am among you as one who serves. That word to serve means the most menial and humble of all kinds of service. What's more, and perhaps most mind-boggling of all, is considering whom Jesus served. Look at verse 2. It says, The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. If you've ever been betrayed, even with the slightest of backstabbing, you know that there's no feeling that compares. It's, it is so terrible to be betrayed. And it just, just really evokes some very strong emotions. The last thing you're probably going to be considering is serving that person. And yet Jesus served Judas knowing that this was already happening. And then there's Peter that Jesus washed his feet. Peter, in this very same chapter, just you know, a short time from our text today, would, lay, would be told by Jesus that he was going to deny him. And of course, he would go on to deny Jesus. And yet Jesus served and washed his feet, somebody who would deny him. And then even the rest of the disciples, maybe they didn't betray him or deny him, but they, each and every one of them, abandoned Jesus when he was arrested and crucified. And yet Jesus served them, knowing that the hour had come for him to leave this world, got up from the meal and served. This is the God we serve, the God who serves. Jesus said elsewhere that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's a mind-boggling thought. That's why in verse 15, he invites us into it. He says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. But often, we don't. And why not? Well, there's a lot of obstacles that are in the way, often at our own doing. Let's look at how Jesus served. Jesus served, first of all, humbly. Jesus served humbly. He didn't ask, is this my job to do it? Often that's what gets in the way of our serving other people, is we, we think, it's, you know, it's not my job to do it. Cindy and I um, will make dinner for the kids, and then the other will set and clear the table. And our kids are old enough now that we'll include them in, in the housework, and we'll ask them to help us clear the table and just get ready for dinner. And what will f inevitably happen is when we ask them to do that, they'll look at all the stuff on the table and say, Hey, but that's not mine. It's his. Or that's not, that's not mine. It's, it's hers. When the, the reality is it's all of their stuff combined. And Cindy and I are looking at each other like, well, you're kidding me, right? Um, but, but we all have this, a similar mindset as, as, my, as, our, as my kids often do. It's, like just, it's not my job to do that. And I think shelter in place and quarantine only magnifies this. 
For instance, for all of you who are, have kids at home and are working, there's so much to do at home, and then you feel like you're only doing more, but, but that's just it. Everybody's doing more. And then for those of you with roommates and so many meals to plan at home, you're doing more. And there might be moments where you feel like you're just doing so much and it just, it just piles up. But Jesus here shows us what a servant is. He shows us that a servant is a humble servant. A servant is someone who says, I don't know whose job it is. Maybe I do know that it's not my job, but I'm going to make it my job. Or I don't know whose fault it is here. I don't know why things are messed up here. But I'm going to go ahead and do my best to try to serve and make things right. I'm going to take it upon myself. Jesus said in verse 13, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. That's an incredible statement. Jesus is saying, let's not mix things up here. Let's not get confused. I'm not serving you out of a position of weakness. No, no, I'm serving you out of a position of power and out of one of authority. Was it Jesus' job as teacher, as Lord, as the Son of God to serve these guys? No, it wasn't his job, but he stepped into it. He was willing to do even the most menial of work, and he did it without any sense of entitlement. Jesus served humbly. Let me ask you, are there relationships where you don't serve out of a sense of entitlement? Where pride gets in the way? Where it's hard to serve humbly? I've already done this and they aren't doing that and I'm this person. I bring this to the table. Boy, that's me more than I care to, to see. Jesus served humbly. Jesus served graciously. We see next. He served those who didn't deserve it. He's not calculating, okay, have they earned enough to be served? You know, he's just, no, I'm just, I'm not even going to think that way. I'm just going to serve. But I think often an obstacle for us in serving others, we just, we're calculating like, oh, they don't deserve it. They need to, you know, be right with me a little bit more or things need to be better over here or I've done this. They need to catch up. But Jesus is showing us, hey, don't calculate. In fact, if Jesus had been calculating, let's say he used a scale in terms of like, you know, them deserving, not deserving, like he would have 100% been rightfully, rightly not to serve them. And they would have been 0% worthy of his serving. Like if that was the scale, that would have been the scale. And yet when we do the scale, it's often like, wow, well, maybe it's just like this. But Jesus would have been just, the scale totally tipped over and he said, and still he served. We just need to remove that obstacle, deserving or not deserving. Because let me, let me just say this. When we are calculating whether or not the other person is deserving of us serving them, let me just go ahead and share that they are not deserving. But the fact of the matter is, in the grand scheme of things, so too are we not deserving to be served. Uh, that's the reality we don't deserve this. And so whenever we start to calculate, we just throw things off. Jesus says, no, don't, don't, don't go there. Just serve. Um, it's hard to do, but it's something we're invited to do. And there's even blessing there we will find. Jesus served humbly. Jesus served graciously. And Jesus served voluntarily. He took it upon himself. He initiated. He was proactive in serving these guys. He didn't do it out of a sense of obligation, but he did it out of choice. 
And you know what? I think this is one of the most freeing aspects of all of this. Because the reality is when we serve out of, out of reaction, often we do it out of resentment. Like, oh, I just got to do this. Or, man, I better just keep the peace. Or I better just you know, do this and hope that they will do the reality is when we serve reactionary, we do it out of a sense of resentment or whatever the feeling might be. But when we do it out of our own choice, we can have the little talk with ourselves beforehand and say, you know what? Whether they deserve it or not deserve it, I'm just going to do this because I just want to express love and care. I'm not going to do it out of them needing to give back to me or they'll hope that they'll do that. But we just, I'm just, you know, I'm going to do this out of an expression of love and to serve in that way. And when we do that, we can experience the beauty and blessing that God has a part of the spiritual practice of serving. Jesus calls us to serve in these ways, humbly, graciously, voluntarily. But I imagine we're all feeling something right now that we need to address, and that is we cannot do these things in our own power. I mean, there's just no way to serve, let alone in shelter in place. There's just no way we can do these things in our power. And so therefore, we need to see the secret that Jesus has in this text for us. Look at verse 15. Here's the secret. He says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. That's the secret. That's the key. The Christian can do these things when we think, if he did this, if he did this for me, I can for others. You see, Jesus washed their feet to show that he washes, in a sense, our feet. In fact, could you imagine if Jesus were to come and just physically, literally there with you, start washing your feet? How would you respond to that? I mean, truly, if you just imagine Jesus were to come, you know, start washing your feet, look lovingly into your eyes, how would you respond? Chances are you respond to how, how Peter does in the story, which we didn't read for, for reasons of time, and when he said, no, Lord, you can't do this. But you know what? Jesus washing the feet of his disciples here is only a faint shadow of the greatest act of service that he did and made available to everyone. You see here in verse 4, it says that he got up from the table out of a place of comfort and rest. But the gospel is he, he got up and left heaven, the ultimate place of comfort and rest for us. And it says here in verse 4 that he, he took off his outer clothing to wash their feet. But the gospel tells us that he was stripped of the same clothing to wash our souls. And then in verse 12, it says that he sat back down at the table, but the gospel tells us that after completing the greatest act of service, he sat back down at the right hand of his heavenly Father so that we too can be brought into his presence because of what he has done for us. An act of service infinitely greater than washing our feet. You see, Jesus, by going to the cross, served us humbly, it wasn't his job to deal with our sin, the sin that we just, the wrongdoings of others, the wrongdoings that we do to others, and that we just experience and live in, and it's just, it's just messy. And maybe we know whose fault it is, maybe it's our fault, maybe we don't know our fault, who, whose fault it is, but Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to make it my job to make it right. And so he went to the cross, he served us humbly, he served us graciously. We in no way deserved his love to die for us on the cross. There's just no way. He, the, the scale was too, too tipped. In fact, Jesus lived the life that we couldn't live. He lived the scale of being perfect before God 
such that we can be brought back into relationship with him. And, and in so doing, he broke the scale. So when we put our faith in him, all that there is, is is forgiveness and love and grace. And we were brought into the family of God because of what he's done, not because of what we do. And then Jesus loved us on the cross voluntarily. Elsewhere, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. And so there's the key. There's the secret for us to begin to live into this more and more and to begin to experience the freeing benefits and blessing that Jesus makes available to us in this spiritual practice of serving. The key, the secret is to remember the words, if he did this. So next time, friends, when you're in the midst of serving or not serving, and maybe you have, you're having an internal struggle or, or it comes to mind you know, why you're doing it, you can, have, you can remind yourself, if he did this for me when I didn't deserve it, I can begin to do this for others. Let's be real. In the midst of shelter in place, serving others is a lot more challenging. We're cooped up. We can't stand Zoom calls. Don't give me any more Zoom calls. We're, we're more irritable. We have stresses. We have strains. We have pressures. It's easy for our minds to go to a sense of entitlement, pride, justification, and it's all too easy to miss out on the blessing. Yes, blessing that Jesus invites us into as we serve. If he did this, let's conclude with Jesus' words as we consider implementing it in this spiritual practice even this week. Jesus said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are the God who serves. You have all power and authority, and yet you didn't use that. You don't use that to lord it over others, which you rightly could do. No, you use your power and authority to serve the undeserving. Lord, we are undeserving. Father, would you please help us take this same love that you offer us so freely and extend it to others? Would you help Jesus' example and all this melt more deeply into our hearts, even as we are sheltered in place? And I want to pray for marriages and roommates and kids and interactions on Zooms and all these relationships. Would you help us serve one another as you served us? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's continue to worship at this time.